Welcome to the Mapped Out Money Podcast, where we help you understand finance and manage your money so you can get on with living your adventure. You're listening to episode number 11. And today's episode is sponsored by the Mapped Out Money newsletter. So if you go to our website, mapped.money.com, uh, right there on the homepage, there's an area for you to sign up to get regular updates from me and Hannah. Uh, and every week we send out a newsletter where we share what we've been learning, what we've been uh, adventuring, and what we've been creating. And the learning is typically like a book or a video or a podcast, something that we've been learning from that we think would help you. The adventuring, uh, sometimes we'll share what we're doing or uh, what we're kind of working on. Obviously, we're not doing a whole lot of adventuring uh, over the past few months with not COVID. Not in the traditional sense. Not in the traditional sense of adventuring anyways. Uh, and then creating is just, you know, our YouTube videos or these podcasts or anything else that we're making that we think uh, will help you with your finances. So if that sounds interesting and helpful for you, we'd love for you to join the email list. Uh, just go to our homepage, map.money.com, and you can sign up right there. So this episode was actually inspired by an email and uh, somebody just said that they would like to know the thoughts that we had for graduates. Yeah, for recent recent graduates who are, I guess, striking out on their own for the first time and how can they make sure they're sort of uh, prepared or um, any thoughts that we have for them. And um, I also wanted to kind of combine this episode with thoughts for recent graduates with also thoughts for parents because we are such experienced parents well yeah but here's what i want to take it from i think there's a lot of people out there who give parenting advice who are parents and they're great to give parenting advice but um one thing we don't have a ton of perspective on i think is someone who was recently parented right so we both graduated from college in the last decade and we both were recently kind of underneath our parents and then we both recently made that transition uh, of you know leaving our parents nest if you will to try and strike out on our own and if I could go back in time and ask my parents and say oh I wish you would have done this that would have been really every helpful parent's dream. every parent's dream right so my parents probably don't want to hear it but if you're a parent out there I think it could be helpful for you. Gabby Reese actually just did this with her daughter um, a few episodes ago, but it was pretty interesting, like yeah. her teenage daughter. Yeah. But yeah, you could have some guts to to want to hear the feedback from your from teenager. Your, from your own kids. While so, they're still in the house. So for me and Hannah, that that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. We've got five tips for, um, for recent graduates and also some ideas about how parents, if you still have kids at home or if you have kids in college or recent graduates, um, some ideas for maybe how you could... Uh, you know, set them up and help prepare them for the real world. But if you will. as with all of our episodes, it's less like advice and more just like our thoughts on yep. things and things that we're trying to implement in our own life and that we wish that we had learned to implement earlier. Yeah. So, with that in mind, recognize everything you're hearing is coming from a 26 year old, soon to be 27 year old. And uh, how old are you? What are you? 29? 29. 29. 29 year old. Forever 29. And uh, we've been married for six years. And uh, we both are, you know, fairly recently graduated. So with all that context. Let's jump in. So the first point that we wish that we could go back and tell ourselves is to move past the fear of failure. And that's something I never, I never thought about that. 
until um, I left like my traditional job as a PT and started working with you. And just during that time, I just got more into reading like your traditional type self-help books where they kind of dive into that more. Um, But yeah, that was never a thought that crossed my mind that I was afraid of failure. I think it's hard to when you make the transition from school Mm -hmm. to quote unquote, like the real world of having a job and trying to, you know, do whatever is school is so binary for the most part. Like you, you pass, you you pass or you fail, you get this grade, you, you know, it's adequate or inadequate. You get a score on the standardized test. It's very like binary and, and you know, and you're sort of taught like, don't fail. Well, and it's just so clear what you need. Success is so... It's mapped out for you. Yeah, clearly defined. It's this one thing. And then in the real world, it's like, no, there's tons of different versions of success. And it all depends on what you're going after. That's right. And even within your job, it's important to recognize there's a wide range of success. And failing on one individual assignment or project or whatever within your job doesn't mean that you've failed. It, It typically does and should mean that you're learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and Krista Stryker talks about that too, the the workout girl that we like from 12 Minute Athlete. She talks about how you're not defined by a failure. Like you can fail without being a failure. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just, just because you failed at something, you know, maybe that's not the path you want to take or um, maybe you just need to train more and try again like you know whatever that is you're not defined by failure it's nothing to be scared of it's just a part of life and something that we learn from and move forward from well and this really goes back to you know a couple episodes ago episode nine i think we did the whole um episode around the importance of being a noob right and how failing is part of getting to that ultimate success be it financial success or career success or relationship success like you have to fail along the way. That's the only way you're going to learn and improve. Yeah. And so trying to break away from this fear of failing as quickly as possible um, is only going to benefit you in the long run. Yeah. And I feel like I've struggled with fear of failure more than you have, maybe. And like one area in particular that I've really struggled with it is like the creative aspect of things. So my traditional education and career was very, you know, concrete. Yeah, and medically based and whatever. But I've always had um, the creative stuff that I just enjoyed, whether it was like redecorating my room when I was a kid, which me and my mom did like four times, um, or refinishing furniture when we got apartments or, you know, just whatever it was. Um, And I, I always liked crafty type stuff as a kid, but never attached any sort of um, structure to it, I guess. And so I've always held that in the back of my mind as like this thing, like, yeah, I'm like a creative, crafty person, but I've never really put that to the test, I guess. Yeah. And um, so when I left the world of physical therapy, where I had like this very defined path of success and then started working with you and trying to incorporate more of that creativity into some of what we're doing, whether it's making a workbook for one of the classes that you're teaching or, you know, creating a YouTube thumbnail or whatever that is. Um, it, it felt threatening to me because I was like, Oh, what if, what if I just always thought that I was creative, but now that I'm actually trying to use it as like a skill set. Maybe I'm not as creative as I thought I was. Like maybe, maybe I'm really not good at that thing. And so to to try to get better 
at creativity and art and all that stuff, I had to like move, move past that. And I'm still like working on that because it's much safer to hold it, hold it up on a pedestal as like, yeah, I've, if I ever explored that thing, I would be good at it. But to actually put the time into it and try to develop those skills, then you start worrying, well, what if I, what what if if I was wrong? Yeah. Yeah. What if I do all this work and I'm still not good at it? So again, that's that fear of failure creeping in. Um, And I think a big part of it is just acknowledging that it's there and, and just knowing that it doesn't make any logical sense to function from that place. And then just like forcing, forcing a daily habit of it. So whatever that is for you, maybe, maybe you have fear of failure, like around your budget or, you know, whatever, just finding a way to incorporate it into your, your daily habits and just push through and, and put in the, put in the work on a daily basis. I think the, I totally agree with all that. And I think one of the hard parts or one of the the reasons it's so difficult for especially recent graduates to push past this is because like we're saying with school like the path is so defined for you and so like for you especially when you walked away from physical therapy it did in some ways probably feel like a failure because you had this defined path of like i go to school i do this then i go to college i do that then i go to grad school i do this Mm -hmm. then i get this job and i do that and then i need to do this certification and you just kind of keep going along with that Mm -hmm. sort of defined path but when you get out of college, what we hope you recognize is um, there is no defined path. <laughs> and you can you can kind of make that path. And you get to define, like, what, what failure you want and your, success looks like yeah, for you. Yeah, what you want your life to look like. You get to create that. And I think, too, the whole fear of failure ties really closely with, you know, we feel so judged by people yeah. <laughs> all the time. You know, like, oh, what do you do? And you feel like if you don't have a a good concrete answer for that, like we don't have clearly defined job titles. So if somebody asks us what we do, it's like, all right, do you want to settle in for a 30 minute conversation? Or um, can I just say online business and that be enough? Or I make videos on the Internet. Yeah. Yeah. Like what are what are we here for? And and yeah, it's not it doesn't give anybody a wow factor like, oh, videos on the Internet. Yeah. Impressive. You know, whereas if you say like engineer right or the whatever job title yeah that tends to elicit a more positive reaction totally. from people so you just have to get used to and that that's kind of like a little miniature failure yep. you know what i mean like every time every time you address that question and you even if it's not there in reality even if you just sense an element of disapproval yeah just because of it feels like failure yeah so, and yeah, just grappling with that and, and recognizing that's okay. Yep. I'm going a different path. That's all right. I don't have to be afraid of other people thinking I'm a failure or any of that. So I think maybe the the takeaway here, like on the parents side of this too, would be trying to encourage your kids when they fail that it's 1000% okay and that's part of the process and encourage failing like in the business world, they talk about failing faster mm-hmm. because the quicker your company fails in terms of um, launching a product and it not working and then you reiterate or, or you iterate and then try to do something new, the faster you fail, the quicker you're going to find that product market fit and the company's actually going to do well. Our lives are just like that. Mm-hmm. So I think from a parenting perspective, it's encouraging that. And I think in some ways too, it's, it's also like not being afraid to fail yourself. Yeah. You know, so maybe it's, You've been wanting to learn guitar 
your whole life and you've just never taken the time to do it. Now you're in your 50s and you feel like it's too late. And when you start, it's going to be hard and you're, you're going to be terrible at it. But maybe it's it's doing it anyways, just partly for you, but partly just to show your kids that like, hey, look, here I am trying this new thing and I'm terrible at it. So uh, what we're talking about in yeah. a roundabout way is a growth mindset. A hundred percent. I think a great book for anybody, for graduates and parents of graduates both, um, is the, the book Mindset, mindset by, by Carol, Carol Dweck. Dweck. Yeah. Okay. So tip number two is to embrace your weirdness. Hang on. Before we move to tip number two, I did want to, like, I just watched that um, TED Talk from J.P. Sears, the comedian guy. The quote that I liked the most from his TED Talk was, don't let the fear of rejection cause you to reject yourself. And I I just thought that was a really good quote. I like that. And I thought it kind of, like, ties a bow on what we were talking about. Well, and that goes perfectly into tip number two because he's such a quote-unquote weird guy yeah like he he very much so kind of embodies that and so you tell us hannah what do you because you wrote this one down too so what do you mean by embracing your weirdness when you say it that way this comes from several different ideas i'm about to be like a real ted talk nerd too because in another ted talk with mel robbins she talked about you know the chances of you being born like in the time that you were born, to the parents you were born to, and just you being you in your situation. Yeah, versus, like, your sibling. Yeah. Every little quirk that you have. Yep. It's like, what, one in... One in 400 trillion, according to Mel Robbins and this article we found on the internet. And Nick spent, like, way too much time diving into the mathematics behind that, and we're not totally sure that it works, but we're going to roll with it. Well, I think it's safe to say that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the if you add up all the possible variables of your parents meeting at the right time in the right place in history and every little bitty thing to happen to make you you in every way that you were you the odds of that happening are nearly impossible yeah so you know we we just believe that we're here for a reason totally and that you know god made us the way that he made us for a reason on purpose for a purpose yep and so leaning into that and it's leaning into okay Stuff we talk about all the time, which is what are my strengths and weaknesses and what are the things that really make me me and how can I embrace that? And the more that you can embrace that, you know, obviously this this podcast is technically about money, but it ends up being about a lot more than that because money is, is so much bigger. And, and Yeah, there's so much more to personal finance than like just money. But the more that you embrace yourself and the more that you embrace your own strengths and weaknesses and who you are and really lean into that the better you're going to be in your finances and in your overall life because of that Mm -hmm. and um i want you to tell i know you told it on a couple episodes ago but i want you to tell it again the whole story from andy j pizza and his t-shirt experience because i think it perfectly embodies what we're saying here yeah it does so andy j pizza from the creative pep talk podcast tells this story um he calls himself Andy J. Pizza, and he has this shirt that he's like, I think we can all agree, is like a very me shirt, and it says, rest in pizza, and it's like a gravestone and whatever. <laughs> so him and his family were out, and he's wearing that shirt, and they get just like a last-minute text message about this community memorial service that they were doing for people who had passed away, and one of his family members wanted to like recognize his grandmother at the service and was like, you know, can you come to the park and take part in the service? So... Andy's like, sure, we'll head over there now. And so he talks about like dropping his wife and kids off and letting them out of the car. And then he like goes to park. And as he's walking to the service, he like realizes I'm wearing a rest in pizza gravestone shirt. And that's 
probably, probably I think we can agree that's probably <laughs> not appropriate for this particular scenario. And so he had this panic moment and he ends up, you know, running behind a tree and like turning it inside out. And then he talks about walking up to the memorial service and kind of like catching his wife's eye and she sees his shirt turned inside out and like has the same realization of like, oh, Ooh. that's the shirt you were wearing. Yeah. Um, so he talks about how there are times when we need to downplay our uniqueness. Yeah. We'll say it that way. You know, there are times and places where that's the thing to do. And that memorial service was a time and place to to downplay that and to turn his shirt inside out and not be wearing his most Andy J pizza t-shirt. Yep. But he talks about how we can fall into a cadence of doing that in our day-to-day life and trying to conform to what everybody wants us to be, whoever we're around at that moment. And so we start wearing our shirts inside out every day. And then before long, we're like, ooh, this tag's kind of annoying. I'll just go ahead and cut that out. And then we just start washing our shirts inside out. And then we start folding them inside out. And then we'd start putting them in the drawer inside out. And before long, we don't even think about wearing it the right side out and being who we truly are. We're, we just, by default, live to conform to, to what everybody else wants from us. Um, so I thought that was a really good... Uh, oh, I think it's a perfect analogy. Yeah. yeah it's perfect. Because I think I think we all do that in, in lots of different aspects of our life. And the more that we can be self-aware of when we are putting our t-shirt on inside out and we're not truly being us and leaning into us, the more we can recognize that, then the more we can start to change that. It all just ties together yeah. so much because... When you're confident in who you are and, you know, for us, like who we are in Christ. Yep. And then when you're when you're confident in that, you can be okay with failure and recognize that failure does not define you, that you can fail without being a failure. Yep. So all these points. It just... all plays. It all really plays together. Mm-hmm. So I think the one the thing I wanted to say to like the parents on this one, uh, and, I, and I, I'll just really brag on on my parents on this, which is learning to pick and choose what battles to fight with your kids. Um, now, one could argue that my brother uh, is more, I don't, like, loud than me, like with his personality. Let's just say it that way, right? Maybe so, rebellious. Maybe, yeah. But like more, um, yeah, more, he's he's going to be more likely to wear that rest in pizza t-shirt yeah. right, than I am. Um, and my parents have done a really good job with me and my brother growing up of like learning when to step in and really parent and say like, no, you can't do this. Like you need to get in line uh, and then learning other battles that like it's not worth fighting. And so and like when to let him express. And, yeah. Like, when to let him his like, artistic. Ex- yeah. His yeah. to be himself without being uh, th- that really just isn't that big a deal. Right. Mm-hmm. So like an example from my childhood would be um, they uh, were cool with my brother graffitiing and doing spray paint graffiti all over his bedroom. And so dad's rule was kind of like, don't let it leave the bedroom, you know, but like your bedroom. They gave whatever. him that outlet. And yeah. so, you know, he we were in, I guess we were in high school and he took white paint to the walls, painted everything white. Then he got a bunch of spray paint and uh, went to town. And every now and again, you know, you would just hear him in there re-spray painting over something to do a new piece. And and just recognizing that, like, is do, do my parents think that that looks great on their walls in their home that they've paid for? <laughs> no, probably not. But recognizing that, like, that was an outlet for him to to be him. And I actually thought it was really cool. Yeah, I mean, he did a great job. Yeah. It looked really cool. Austin's um, a really good artist. He is. He's great. And so I think, like, my parents did a really good job with both of us of of picking and choosing, like, 
what things do I need to parent on? And then what things are just maybe not my taste, Well, but I like, can let them be them. For a long time, before I was around, Austin had bleach blonde dreadlocks. Yeah, yeah. And this comes back to another point that Gabby Reese talks about of how a lot of parents are so afraid of what other people are going to think about them because of what their kid is doing. Yeah. And so, you know, do dreadlocks matter? No. no. They're no indication of like who you are as a person or nope. what you're doing or whatever. But do other people judge you by those dreadlocks? Yes. Yeah. For your parents to be like, you know what? It's okay. Yeah. I'm not going to worry about our friends talking about us having a kid with bleach blonde dreadlocks and whatever. That's right. Like, painted bedroom. Yeah. yeah. That's not the important thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think every parent's got to find, obviously, that fine line between them and their kids. But just picking and choosing and thinking through, like, okay, how can I let them be them and express them? Uh, and even if it's not what I would want, maybe it's not that big a deal. Another thing that Gabby Reese says that kind of is in line with that is she talks about how she's found with her kids when she lets them go through those kinds of experiences and lets them express themselves and, you know, whatever. They normally end up at the spot where she wanted them to end up much quicker than if she tries to, like, force them them to that spot. Yeah. 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 So if you're looking for parenting advice, I think Gabby Reese has a really unique perspective on parenting she and she's just very open and real about it yeah okay number three is to bring excellence today and let tomorrow take care of itself and we're going hard on gabby reese this episode i know but this is like gabby listening to her a lot lately so it's their like finest yeah Yeah. well and we just watched um, we just watched laird hamilton's documentary yeah take every wave and it's that same kind of idea of bringing excellence to every day and thinking, I might not know how this plays out one, five, ten years from now. Like, I might not know every step that I need to take um, from now until my ultimate destination. But what do I know that I need to do today? And it's kind of the same idea as like Gary Keller's The One Thing. Totally. If you're setting yourself up for success today, then you're going to be ready for whatever success you find in the future. So if you're taking care of your health, if you're taking care of your finances, if you're taking care of your relationships, all those things, we know how to do that today. I think it's hard to, for for recent graduates, I know that I sort of was this way and maybe some others are, but in some ways you can sort of have rose-colored glasses, I think, uh, especially as you're younger, kind of growing up into the world, of even if you don't see the world all rosy because the world's not, you do see this sort of rose-colored you see through these rose colored glasses of like oh i can change it i can i can like i have the power to like to do all this stuff and it's not to say that you don't but it will oftentimes take longer than you think it will Mm -hmm. and so whatever that dream job is that you maybe you went to school for and sort of like oh i'm when i graduate i'm gonna get this dream job and i'm gonna like you know oh it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be this i'm gonna be able to affect change in the world in this way and all this stuff maybe you but may have it's to gonna, work 10 it, years. It's going to take some years. time. Yeah. And so it's recognizing that um, you may not be in that dream job right now, or you may not be there next year. Uh, and you may not be able to have the impact that you want right now, or maybe not next year. But if you can just focus on bringing excellence today in whatever capacity you find yourself in, that's going to expand your possibility of, of finding yourself in that place later down the road. That also makes me think of, you know, playing the long game instead of playing the short game in that whole idea. Um, And I think that's something that our generation and younger tend to struggle with more um, just because 
our attention spans have gotten so short <laughs> and like, you know, it's, there's just constant distractions. Totally. And, like you're used to instant gratification and all this stuff. Um, so I think recognizing that playing the long game is essential for success. I think the other thing kind of on this idea of um, excellence every day or bringing excellence every day, um, a friend of mine, Steve uh, Adcock, um, who I, he's kind of tangentially in the personal finance world. He um, he was, and then he sold a website, and then now he's kind of getting back into it, sort of. <laughs> um, but he uh, he had tweeted last week, and I really liked it, where he said, uh, "Invest in appreciating assets." But remember, you're also an appreciating asset, right? So it's not just about investing in the stock market or in real estate or in the business or whatever. You need to invest in yourself. Mm -hmm. And so what skills can you learn? What skills do you currently have that you can hone and focus on? Um, what areas of your life do you need to improve? Because you are an asset and you're your greatest asset that you've got. And so how can you make sure that every single day you're bringing excellence and investing into that asset um, which is going to ultimately pay dividends down the road. Yeah, taking time to eat healthy yep. and work out and read and learn new things, all that stuff, it is so important. So for the parents on this one, the, the thing that I had written down was, uh, what ways can you bring excellence every day without necessarily preaching it to your kids, um, but just by doing it? And uh, we had two examples we wanted to share. Again, from we feel, I, I think we both feel so very blessed to have the parents that we do. Um and so when I look back, I'm not entirely sure I even saw it at the time, but like with my mom, so like very briefly, right? So my, my mom um, uh, got hurt on the job when I was uh, a young kid. I was five, six years old and um, a couple back surgeries later and a whole host of other, you know, sort of issues with health. Um, my mom has found herself in this place where, you know, she's just always got like back or arthritis or joint pain. And it's been that way since she was in her mid-30s. And my whole life growing up, I like very rarely, if ever, I don't know that I can really ever point to a specific time where I heard her complain. And so can she do everything that she could do before she got hurt and had the back surgeries? No, of course not. Um, is she in a lot of pain a lot of the time? Yes. But what she does is she wakes up every day and she tries to bring excellence to that day and she does as much as she can uh, as well as she can without complaining about it mm -hmm. and she didn't really necessarily talk about it all that often to me and my brother um but i was just able to see it and that i think has um, really inspired me more than she probably even really knows um just by watching her bring excellence to every single day regardless of uh of where she found herself uh and what she was dealing with yeah um which I think is really cool. So I think from from like a parenting perspective, like what ways can you bring excellence uh, without necessarily even parenting, but just by doing it? Because your your kids pay a lot more attention to what you're doing than I, I think sometimes you think. Totally. Well, that's like um, I grew up with kids whose parents like would try to wake them up at like 5 a.m. in the morning and like make them go run and kind of, you know, like be a drill sergeant yep. about stuff. And my parents were never that way. But my dad has always prioritized working out and works out like almost every day. And he makes time for it, like no matter what's going on. Like he he finds a time to like go and do his workout. That has always ingrained in me a desire to prioritize that without him ever having to be a drill sergeant yeah. to me. And it's not to say that I always did a good job at it, at it or that I do always do a good job at it. But it's always on my mind as something that I want to make a priority 
and that I increasingly go out of my way to make it priority. Like as I've gotten older, I value that even more. Yeah. Well, and you, you've seen that as, as we age and as our parents have aged and as our friends' parents have aged, you've seen that play out from the standpoint of like your dad is just in amazingly great shape compared to the vast majority of people. Uh, both at his age and considerably younger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, you know, I remember going to the beach the first time with your family and your dad having his shirt off. And I was like embarrassed to take <laughs> my shirt off at the beach because I was like, geez, oh my gosh, I don't look anything like he that. If he ever listens to this, he'll be so happy. He'll be so happy. Um, that's how I felt though. That's exactly how I felt. I'll never forget that. But but just that point of like, he didn't, to your point, he, he, didn't, he didn't necessarily tell you, oh, you need to be working out with me or something like that. It mm-hmm. was just like, you saw what was important to him and that was ingrained in you. Yeah. And I just always, I would see him working out and I would like have a natural interest in it. And so then he was always like, yeah, come on, I'll help you work out. I'll show you how to do this and show you how to do that or whatever. So yeah, that was how I got started working out in the first place. Okay. So tip number four is to start using money as a tool to live your adventure. And so uh, what do we mean by that? The, The way that we think about it is by taking really small steps to be just really conscious with your spending. So uh, if you haven't listened to the most recent episode about uh, budgeting and how to start a budget and different types of budgets out there, start there. Because like most people, if you've been living under your parents and sort of just spending their money or getting used to spending their money, then all of a sudden you're no longer supported by your parents. You probably don't even have context for how much it costs to live your life. Yeah, that's a that's a hard transition. It's a, it's a really hard transition. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of people just flounder because they go from, you know, support to no support and uh, and they don't have any context for what's going on. And so simply starting out by just tracking how much you spend over the over the course of a month to get some ideas for how much it costs you to live your life is a perfect place to start. And then next, it's just taking one simple next step. So then, you know, it's kind of like don't try and eat the whole elephant, you know, at one time. you got to do it one bite at a time. So start with a small budget and then focus on, okay, if I have these student loans or if I have other debt. Do you mean a tracking budget? Yeah, yeah, sorry. So like starting with a tracking budget where you're not trying to do anything crazy. You're just trying to track what's currently going on. Then move on to like, okay, let me learn a little bit about debt pay down. Uh, Google debt snowball versus debt avalanche. What do those two words mean? What's the strategy I should use to pay down debt? Oh, okay. I've got that locked in after a couple of months and I'm feeling good. Now let's move on to investing. Let me learn about this 401k thing that I have at my work. Let me learn about what this IRA thing is. Let's read this book called The Simple Path to Wealth. And then after a couple more months, you know, where I've kind of got a understanding there, now I'm going to move on to, okay, well, it would be really helpful to increase my income. Okay, what does that look like? Well, yeah. I can start a side hustle or I can negotiate at my job, right? There's, there's, But don't try to do it all at once. Yeah. Just like little bits and pieces at a time. Well, we went to school with people who literally said like, I don't even look at my student loans. Yeah. Like, I'm not even going to look at anything until after I graduate because I just don't even want to know. And yikes. I yeah. mean, like, that's well, really this, all I can it, say. This ignorance is bliss mentality. Yeah. And and that's that's not where you want to be. No. Like, that's not a good feeling when you graduate and then you do go look and you're like, oh, my gosh. So try not to do that. And then the other thing that I like, the idea that plays into this is James Clear's Atomic Habits, where he talks about focusing on your trajectory instead of where you are right now. So it is overwhelming. If you have 
plus dollars or, I mean, you know, even less than that is overwhelming, but like student debt when you graduate. And so you're sitting here and you're under this mountain of debt and you're feeling overwhelmed of how you're ever going to get out from under it. Don't focus on where you are right now underneath the mountain of debt. Just focus on doing something that moves you in the right direction. Yes. And so, yeah, like your trajectory and where you're headed matters much more than where you're currently located. Yeah. And it's, it's, I think sometimes personal finance folks can miss the mark and getting too focused on like, let me, let's run all these projections, right? If you save this many dollars, da, 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 then you're going to have all this money set aside by whatever, or you're going to be able to pay you down your student loans in this many years. And it's like, don't, don't even focus on that piece. <laughs> like yeah, to, your to a point, lot of people, that's discouraging. It's more discouraging than it yeah. is helpful. And so, because you might, you might go like, oh my gosh, it's going to take me that long to pay them off. It's right? be 15 that years might not or... be encouraging. Yeah. And so, to your point, I would much rather you focus on what's a move in the right direction because the vast majority of people, and this is what's important when you're looking at like calculations like that, the vast majority of people, whether it's building wealth or paying down debt, it's not linear. It's mm-hmm. exponential. And you don't know what that exponential factor is going to be. And so your best move is to have excellence every day. Yep. Focus on making a right move in the right direction with your finances and then just see what happens and and watch that curve happen. Because I know for us paying down debt, like when we paid down this Airstream, if if I was just looking at calculations, which I did, (laughs) um, they they were ended up being uh, way worse than what ended up happening in real life. Mm -hmm. Because what happened was, is we started focusing on today. Okay, what can we what can we do today to make more money to throw at the Airstream? Right. Pay this thing off. And it ended up being an exponential. And so we ended up paying it off much quicker than we had originally calculated Yeah, because there were all these other factors that were unknown at the time. Mm-hmm. And so it's just that sort of focusing on that trend piece. I think that's so so smart. I'm glad you brought that up. So for the parents on the finances in particular, and uh, and this is something that like I really, really want to drive home because I just saw so many of my friends flounder uh, when we got out of college is just basics of like introducing your kids to this stuff so if you're budgeting that's awesome you should probably start a budget for them even if it's your money even if like they don't even make money give them some money to start playing around with a budget with just expose them to this idea um and then real basics of like how do i log in to a bank account and make sure my bill is paid for school yeah how do i log into my bank account and order whatever, 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 or pay off the credit card bill. Or, you know, next time you're going to the grocery store to buy groceries, you can help them pick out the groceries, whatever, but give your kid the credit card and let them check out just to realize like, oh my gosh, we spent $250 for the family groceries this week. And it's like, yeah. Well, and again, it ties back into what we talked about before. This is kind of parenting for the long term versus right. parenting for the short term. That's right. So, and I know I'm not a parent, but I can imagine that it's very hard because you want to give your kids everything that you can. Of course. And you want to help them as much as possible. And what feels like helping them in the short term is not helping them in the long term. So you do have to you you might be making life harder for them in the short term by making them learn to handle money a little bit and making them learn to budget and, you know, all this stuff, making them realize just how how expensive your existence is. Um, but in the long term, you're really helping them. Oh my gosh, like that's yes. the kindest thing that you can do because otherwise it's like you're shoved out of the nest and you don't you don't have wings to fly. Yep. 
And I think I think parents do come from this place of like um, it, it can often come from this place of I had to do so much growing up. I want my kid to enjoy their childhood. Right. I think sometimes it comes from that place. Uh, and then I think sometimes it comes from this place of I don't want to bog them down with the details mm-hmm. and I'd rather them focus solely on school mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And so I'm just going to take care of this for them. And so I'm not really even interested in telling parents what they should or should not cover, right? Like, oh, do you make them pay for that or do you pay for that? that yeah, that, that's, that's not, not the, really interesting. Yeah. What's interesting is regardless of who's paying for it, it's teaching them the process of like how this works. Yeah. Uh, and just exposing them to that process as early and as often as possible so that, you know, they're not in their late 20s. And you're still having to kind of, you know, log in and, and make sure the credit card bill's paid on time. Well, and it again, you know, it's just little simple things like yeah. recognizing how much ordering an appetizer adds to your <laughs> to overall bill yep. or how much ordering a drink instead of water adds to your bill when you're out with four people and they all do that. And, you know, just appreciating those things that are relatively small things. Um, but recognizing that all that stuff adds up really quickly, and when your resources are finite, which all of ours are, um, you know that those little things are big things. Yeah, and I think I think maybe to tie a bow on exactly what you said right there, which is you and I both grew up like very comfortable middle class, mm-hmm. and so did a lot of our friends that we went to school with, and reality hits when you graduate college because you cannot afford to maintain that lifestyle that you grew up living. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, if your parents cut you off, then boom, everything you've been used to for 22 years, you can no longer live well, that Well, just say your parents cut you and off. And not, not even I cut mean, you off, but it's like, just, just rightfully you so. You're an, an adult. adult. You're yeah. an adult now, right? Like, good for them. They should cut you off. Like, yeah. You're an adult. But it was an you're eye-opening just, you're experience. Just not used to it. Like, our first year of marriage, I remember having the feeling of like, I can't afford to go drive through McDonald's right now. No, and so like you go, you go from living, you know, whatever comfortable to to that, and it's just really eye opening. And yeah. so just trying to make that transition not as drastic for your kid would be ideal. I think. Yeah, <laughs> is, is all we're trying to say. And Jocko and Jordan Peterson talk about that really well too. Yeah, yeah. Just in the idea of, you know, your childhood is so short. Yeah, and. We say that and we often we oftentimes say that in a way that we like want to magnify childhood. Like, yeah, yeah. oh, it's so, oh, it's short. so short. Really lean into it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And Jordan Peterson and Jocko are like, no, 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 no. It's so short. Most of your life is spent as an adult. So I need to be preparing you to For be an how adult. You're going to be for the majority of your yeah. life. Yes. Yeah. Which I think that's a really great point. Yeah. You know, if you live to be 80, you know, what is that? At least 80% of your life is an adult. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's go ahead and prepare for that. Okay. Last tip, tip number five, is to allow yourself to grow and change directions. So, Laird Hamilton. I know. (laughs) Him and Gabby Reese are like our heroes on this episode. Well, that's because we're, so we're currently recording this up. As we record this episode, we're um, down near the beach and then we just watched this big wave surfing documentary. So, we've been like on a big, ocean vibe here lately but all that to say laird hamilton is like very innovative in the sport of surfing um and so watching that documentary i think what we were both inspired by was like he was always willing to try something else even when he had achieved like greatness at this one thing over here he was willing to go down to like you know level zero and suck again at trying something new and for other people to be watching him going like what is that crazy guy doing yeah 
Like, you know, nobody else could see it, but he could see it. He knew what he was going after. He was going to try this new thing. It didn't matter if that new thing didn't work out and it led him to this other new thing over here that he was going to try out. Like he was willing to roll with all of that. Well, and I think it's, you know, in every single area of life, there's sort of people who were on the up and coming. So they were on the up and coming and then they achieve some level of success and then they sort of become the old guard. And then that old guard doesn't really in anything brand new that could threaten the way that they've done things for so long. They're scared of it. And And again, why are they scared of it? Because they're afraid of failure. Because they're afraid of failure. That's right. And so Laird Hamilton was not like that. Mm -hmm. And so he was constantly like willing to completely trash everything he'd known surfing to invent some new style of surfing that was even better, Mm -hmm. right? To to let him catch a bigger wave. And he's still doing that. And he's still doing that. Yeah. And so we just, we would just encourage you listening, like to, to try and embrace that mindset as much as possible and recognize like you should constantly be growing and learning and scrapping your old ideas and replacing them with new and better ideas. And so a part of that also is not getting caught up in the sunk cost bias. Totally. Yep. Um, and so that willing, that willingness to say, yep, I went down that path over here and now I think I want to change directions and go over here. And so a lot of people are probably going to look at what I just did as a failure over on this side yeah. or as a waste or whatever. And that's okay. They may not see how these things connect, but each step is leading me to where I'm ultimately trying to go and nobody else has to see it. That's yeah. fine. Um, one of the quotes that came to mind as we were kind of prepping this section was this quote by Dwight D. Eisenhower, which is, in preparing for battle, I have always found that plans are useless but planning is indispensable. And uh, Jocko talks a lot about this, this dichotomy of you've got to make a plan for the future. Okay, you can't just put your head in the sand and go like, well, I'll look at those student loans later. You have to make a plan, but know that the plan itself is almost useless. (laughs) And like, it's going to change. You have to hold it very loosely. And so it's this dichotomy of, I need to make a plan for the future of what I kind of want my life to look like. But I think a lot of people, especially in college and shortly after college, they go, I'm told I'm supposed to have this all figured out. Guess what? I don't. So then therefore, I'm just not going to worry about it or like do anything, right? It's like, it's like, because I don't have it all mapped out. It's kind of the analysis paralysis it is. thing. It like is. if I don't if I don't know every step that I need to take now moving forward, I'm I'm gonna be in this kind of like cocoon paralysis thing, yes. and I'm gonna be scared to make any move at all. Yep. And so that's where that whole bringing excellence to today idea comes in and helps you move past that. Like, yeah. okay. I don't have to have it all figured out. It doesn't matter if people ask me about it and I don't have it all figured out and that kind of makes me feel like garbage and a failure. That's okay. I can push past that. I'm just going to focus on what I need to do today to be the best version of myself and prepare myself for success moving forward. That's right. And so I think from from like a parenting perspective, as best as possible, if you can try to encourage your kids to dream big, about what they want to do for the future just so that they have a semblance of an idea of a plan that they might want ahead, but without um, kind of coming over the top and expecting them to have it all nailed down. Because I, I think that's the part that can be troublesome. Well, I think dreaming for the future can be confused with knowing what you want to do. Yes. Say that in heavy yeah, 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 air yeah. quotes. Yes. You know, that's the question that we're asked forever yeah well, i mean like starting in up? middle school yeah. so what do you think you want to be what do you want to be when you grow up and it's yeah. like that's such a crazy question yeah. and um like you know a lot of people are still figuring that out say, in their ask, 80s. ask a 50 year old what he wants to be when he grows up he yeah know. i mean yeah. 
And you see like passionate people just, and I know that word passion gets thrown around, but the whole idea of success means finding what you're enthusiastic about and chasing after that. And that may change and that may go different directions than what you expect. Um, But Tom Papa, the comedian, talks about that. And he talked about how, you know, we're in this culture where we live for vacation and we feel like vacation is going to bring us some sense of fulfillment or, or something. And so like, you know, we live our entire year for like the two weeks out of the year that we're able yeah. to go on vacation or whatever. And then he's like, and then we go on vacation and we come back and guess what? Nothing's changed. Vacation didn't bring us what we were looking for. So what we're looking for is to have something that we're enthusiastic about every day that we wake up. Yep. You know, and it's that it's that idea of creating a life that you don't want to retire from. Yep. So yeah. And I think the only way to even have a chance at making that happen is to find that balance of thinking about it, planning for it, and going like, I think this is I think this is the direction that I want to head in. Because that's that's where I find people, right? Is they just drift. Like a lot of the earlier episodes on this podcast we've talked about, it's so easy to drift. And so I think that's kind of what we're trying to get at here with this last this last tip is like don't let yourself drift right it's it's think about the future and plan for that and be able to change along the way well it's go go after go after what you're enthusiastic about right now with vigor and excellence yep and then let that lead you to the next step yep even if you don't know what that next step is if you're going if you're bringing excellence to whatever it is that you're excited about right now that's going to lead you to the next thing that you you need to move on to. Yep. I hope that makes sense. I know that's like a that's a very um, nuanced dichotomy to talk about that idea of planning, but also holding things loosely and finding your enthusiasm and being willing to chase after that and being willing to fail and bring excellence today, even if you don't know the steps for tomorrow or the next day. Um, but I, I hope we married all of that. I think so. (laughs) I think so. Okay, Hannah. So tell me, people can probably already guess, what's our stuff we like today? So we're going to bring it full circle. The stuff that we're liking is Take Every Wave, the documentary on Laird Hamilton. And if you have not watched this documentary, you should. I mean, I just think him and Gabby are such interesting people. And... Yeah, I didn't know. Like, he is this hugely successful surfer, yep. but he's never surfed competitively, yeah, which not, I think was my favorite thing that I, I learned in that whole documentary. He's massively successful. I, people know his name. He's a huge, big wave surfer, but l- not because of winning competitions, because of, like, riding huge Just waves. being a beast. He's yeah. just a beast. And then innovating the sport. Yeah. Right? And, and, and it's it's really, really, really neat. So I, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed that documentary too. The other thing that I like about him um, and Gabby too is that they're they're passionate about sharing things with other people. Yeah. Um, and Gabby talks about that with Laird. Like he, he kind of re- Invented, reinvigorated, I don't know what you want to call yeah, it, but brought back the sport of stand up paddleboarding. Yeah. Like he was one of the main people responsible for that and he really doesn't get any credit for it. Um, and Gabby talks about 
seeing all these people out on the beach doing stand-up paddleboarding. And she was like, how does that make you feel? And he was like, I knew I was having so much fun when I was doing that. But like, I'm glad other people picked up on this. He doesn't yeah. care whether or not he got credit for it. He's just glad that other people are out there like experiencing it. Yeah. It. Yeah. So cool. I don't know. I like, I like them. So yeah, it's like, I don't know what we pay four bucks on Amazon or something. Yeah. To rent it. So yeah. worth it. Yeah. Super good. Okay. So to, to try and just kind of wrap up today's episode, we've got five tips for graduates for what we would tell ourselves if we could go back in time and for the parents. And so the first one was to move past the fear of failure. And for parents, it's to try and help your kids have a growth mindset. And again, that book we mentioned was Mindset by Carol Dweck. Next, it's to embrace your weirdness. And for parents, it's pick and choose what battles to fight with your kids and recognize that some things are ultimately harmless and uh, and let your kids explore and embrace their weirdness. And find what they're enthusiastic and find, about. Yeah, find what they're enthusiastic about. Uh, number three is to bring excellence today and then let tomorrow take care of itself. Uh, number four is to start using your money as a tool to live your adventure. And don't try to eat the elephant all in one bite. Take it one bite at a time. Uh, and then for the parents, obviously, just try and expose your kids to financial stuff as early and as often as possible so that they aren't um, feeling like they're floundering when they when they kind of yeah get them leave. involved yeah money tends to be like this weird thing that we don't that wanna... we can't talk about oh yeah. my parents don't talk about money yeah mm -hmm. yeah so all right and then the last one is to allow yourself to grow and change direction so it's that dichotomy of planning for the future but also recognizing like you're going to grow and you're going to change uh and that's okay because that's kind of a part of the that's part of the whole thing mm -hmm. all right y'all thank you so much for listening we really appreciate it as always uh and we will see you next time see y'all later